Get your popcorn ready. We're talking movie theaters on this Consumer Goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly here with the one and only Vincent Shen, and we are joining you from Fool Headquarters in beautiful Alexandria, Virginia. How are you doing today, Vince? Doing well, as always. How are you, Sean? Not too bad. I'm, uh, I'm, cr- I'm like, we're on the cusp of spring, and I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting because I want to run on the waterfront. I want to get into the district. Yeah, of course, of course. So uh, we're talking movie theaters here and the the big business that is Hollywood. Yes, uh, I'm very excited about today's show. I think it's an uh, interesting business, that's for sure. What was the last movie you saw? In theaters? Yeah. Oh, that's a, actually a good question. See? Maybe it might have been Interstellar or Mockingjay. Really? Yeah, wow. it's been a while. I haven't been to the theater in a long time. Yeah. My, uh, my wife and I, we actually enjoyed it a lot. We went to see Into the Woods. You liked Into the Woods? Yeah, it was a good time. Okay, I have to question that because it's, I was not I'm a fan. I'm married. Of I have a child. We got to yeah, get Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess that's they fair. They put fun spins on these. I well, I will admit that I walked into that not knowing that it was going to be a com- like sung. Oh, so you're making fun of me musical. for something that you saw as well. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see how I trapped you there? I did not choose to see it willingly. But all right, let's get on to the- Oh, uh, my wife tracked me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so first and foremost, we want to talk about uh, the size of the market that we're talking about. And we're not necessarily going to be talking about um, like the movie, you know, Paramount Studios or no, anything. No, no, no. We're talking about, about the movie theaters and concessions and how to invest in actually people going to see movies when they come out. Exactly. Uh, how big is this market? Like, what what are we looking at here? Sure. Um, so the U- the United States is the biggest generator of you know box office receipts worldwide. Uh, the in- gap is narrowing, but for our purposes, we're going to talk about the United States. Exactly. <laughs> it's still a, it's still uh, by by far the the number one. Uh, country for ticket sales with about $10.4 billion in 2014 last year, about $1.27 billion actual ticket sales. Whereas China, which I believe is number two and is the first international um, market really to break $4 billion, you know, that gives you some perspective in terms of just the general dominance for, for U.S box office receipts. Right. And uh, these numbers, they're, they represent a slight pullback from the previous year. Exactly. Um, w- domestic box office re- receipts have seen uh, a compound annual growth rate of just 1%, a little over 1% over the past decade. But from 2013, 2014, actually fell 5%, which is one of the biggest percentage drops over that same decade. Does that include like the obvious increase in ticket prices that I've been paying? Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So they have, um, you know, they've seen drops in not only just overall box office streets, but also their ticket sales. And <clears throat> the number of tickets sold has fallen about 20% since 2002. So ticket prices will go up a little bit to help right. bolster their revenue. But as a result, they're seeing weakening demand. Now, uh, as potential investors in this sector, though, thankfully, ticket sales are actually not how these movie theaters make their money. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a combination. Um for most operators, they bre- they'll break down their primary revenue streams into their admissions, their, you know, the ticket sales that that uh, you would expect, and also, of course, their concessions, which is really their bread and butter due to the insane margins in this industry. I, I love my eight dollar popcorn. Exactly, eight dollar <laughs> popcorn that probably cost them maybe twenty cents. Not maybe. even like it's so just, yeah. 
So there are four big companies that we're looking at here um, that you know cater to the American public that see movies right when they come out. You're talking AMC Entertainment, Regal, Cinemark, and it's kind of they got their toe. They, they've got you know we're talking about IMAX. They've got you know screens at like science centers too, but IMAX as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously you know local theaters, this that and the other thing, but. Um, Kind of a, a diverse bunch when it comes to financial results. Yeah, uh, it's kind of surprising to look at this. Um, you know, you got AMC; it's got a trailing PE ratio of fifty-two and a half, uh, trailing return on equity of four point two percent, and year-over-year growth this past fiscal year that ended uh, December thirty-first of minus two percent. This is across three hundred forty-eight theaters. Like this is a big. You know, it's AMC, and uh, you know, there's kind of this is not uh, Google profits here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. You know, when I think of movie theaters, I thought of the big four, like you mentioned, Regal, AMC, Carmike. But the something that really surprised me was that there are actually still 1,400 theater operator, operators in wow. the U.S. and Canada. So a very common theme that has been uh, prevalent in the industry for really the past decade or even more is consolidation. So... In 2000, um, you know, the biggest four theater operators control, they accounted for about 35% of box office revenues. But due to that consolidation since 2000, they now make up about 61% in 2014. Of the market. Yeah. So they're getting bigger and bigger, essentially. These cha- the, the top four are basically taking bigger and bigger piece of the pie for the industry. So which of these companies do you like the most? Well,. I'm I'm kind of torn because they definitely have their, you know, some of them have their advantages and and certain uh, I guess exposure to international markets, for example, that that uh, I think is a good avenue for growth. Because AMC's kind of gone the urban route with a lot of their theaters. Exactly, uh, you know, they have forty one percent of their revenues and thirty eight percent of their attendance concentrated in their top five markets, which is New York, L.A., Chicago, D.C., and San Francisco. They see that as being strategic because. Um, their attendees in these areas tend to be more affluent. They lead with in terms of revenues per patron, average ticket price, concessions per person, and so uh, that that's kind of been their their strategic focus. I have to wonder though, because I that that was immediately what I thought when I looked at these return on equity numbers, though, because um, you compare them to a Cinemark, which is not as urban. They're you know a little bit more spread out. They've actually got even more theaters spread across the country, but. Uh, very consistent returns on invested capital. I mean, everything. And last year, the returns on equity were 17.4%, which is, I mean, the average S&P 500 corporation is 12. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I have to wonder if AMC strategy is going to pay off because, uh, you know, you mentioned the top five markets, but real estate costs a little bit more in those two. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I think that being concentrated in urban areas and from my experience, having been to having regularly gone to theaters in places like New York and here in DC in the DC region when you're paying twelve, thirteen dollars per right. person. It explains how they're able to command that higher average ticket price. Right. So uh what's the deal with uh the dividend yield on some of these companies? I was actually surprised to learn that they don't they, they pay out a decent, you know Yeah, absolutely. Regal percent. is yielding about three point eight percent. AMC's uh, yielding about, I think, 2.2%, 2, 2. 2%, uh, whereas Cinemark's at 2.3%, uh, 
Carmike is the only one that does not pay the dividend. Kind of surprising. And uh, Regal even announced a special dividend uh, in uh, mid-December of a dollar per share. Yeah, they're not doing too bad. The The revenue picture was about pretty similar to AMC and uh, Cinemark. They all pretty much just fell about 1.5%, 2%. But uh, return on equity is 7.5%, trailing normalized PE of 24, which is relatively reasonable if you're optimistic about the future of these companies. Exactly. Do you feel like... They're kind of wedged between the American public, which can be fickle sometimes, and Hollywood coming out with a blockbuster or not. Like, well, yeah, that was something that a lot of uh, the management teams uh, of these companies commented on, basically saying that you know 2014 was a bit of a struggle because there frankly weren't that many big blockbusters. Movies like... These guys sit around every day hoping for an Avengers to come out. Exactly. <laughs> so movies like The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and uh, some of the other tent poles that they thought were really going to do well over the summer... And it didn't, just didn't work. Didn't, yeah. work out as, didn't work out as well as they, would, they, they had hoped. And so... That's the position they're in, really, where they kind of just need Hollywood to be putting out the big movies that will bring in audiences. Yeah. And a lot of those management, uh, you know, I have to admit, though, that the a lot of the management teams are bullish for 2015 because you have movies like Jurassic. The Avengers 2. Avengers, <laughs> the new Star Wars movie. So The Jurassic Park, yeah. That exactly. Awesome. So yeah. a lot of them are, are, are bullish and think that their comparisons and their 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 performance for 2015 will will boost but it's a mature industry obviously it's been around like you said earlier when we were t- talking about 90 years yeah 90 years back. and generally they've seen good growth the some of the long term issues that they might run into are you know the decline well, yeah and i wanted to bring it around i i like my netflix yeah you know? exactly <laughs> i have my couch it's comfy <laughs> um so uh, something that I thought was very telling uh, was that younger demographics, so about your teens, about 14 to 24 years of age, they've seen, in that demographic group, they've seen double-digit drops in attendance. Uh, I think 15 to 17% falls every wow. each year for the past few years. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to, to guess exactly why that is. It'll happen there, yeah. And I think it's just a matter of Alter- uh, entertainment alternatives, like you mentioned, we can, I can go, go to YouTube right now. Like, exactly, people are no on YouTube. Problem. People have Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, Instant Video. They have all these different uh, entertainment options. The window also, from the theatrical release to the point where it's like on video on demand or streaming, has shortened considerably. Yeah, uh, from the you know old industry average of about three to four months, it's shrunk even beyond that. So you can so, get it in three or four weeks with some movies, even so, faster, you know, and on demand or whatever. And so, right in like we mentioned previously, the rising the rising ticket prices will dampen demand a little bit. But I think it's just some of these alternatives, just changing views of how people consume the entertainment. It's it's having some long term effects, and that. At the same time, you know, the theater operators, they're trying to combat that. They're trying to bring in audiences with, uh, you know, upgraded amenities. So certain theaters have been installing, for example, the really nice reclining seating. That seems to be like the only way to go for these theater operators. You need to go bigger. You need to go better. You need to have an IMAX screen. You need to have, what do you call it, the lounging chairs? Yeah, the reclining chairs. They're also offering, like, in-movie dining options with full-service bars to attract you know, some to attract uh, 
people in their early 20s who are yeah, too tend to more be spending well. Income, exactly. Yeah. So that's – and also the expanded menu options and um, some of the, their loyalty programs, making it more convenient to order through mobile apps. They're trying to hit, hit it from these different angles to try and see that bump in attendance, especially in the key demographics. So uh, given all the facts that we've discussed uh – which of these companies, if you had to invest in the industry, do you like? Um, I think that overall, I am actually, I feel pretty good about where these companies, their their outlook. I know that they have these challenges, but um, I, I think it's an old industry that, and movies, everyone loves movies. And so some things can't be replaced being just watching it at home on your TV, you have to have that big screen experience, which is why I come. Well, and the current Hollywood business model still is release it in a couple thousand screens, then roll it into the homes, and that's probably not going to change. Yeah. So, one company that is kind of that you had mentioned earlier that is kind of an indirect play that has seen really good growth is IMAX, and. Uh, with IMAX, you Those know, screens are insane. They're, you know, they're up twenty percent in the past year. Their shares are. They're training at about thirty times their 2015 estimated earnings. Um, they have about 900 screens, 930 screens worldwide. But their big, big, big growth avenue has been China. Yeah. And the thing is, they've done really well in partnering with the the. Uh, they have partners in China that have allowed them to kind of like work through some of the restrictions there. For example, you, they can only they will only allow so many foreign films to air to screen in China in the Chinese market. So, oh, so they've been able to circumvent that. So they've been able to work with produ- production companies there to to play local uh, to play local films instead, and so they've seen really good growth. Uh, they're fifty five percent of all their screens are abroad. And they expect Chinese China revenue to be up forty percent, and with two hundred thirty-four theaters in China, they have two hundred seventeen in the backlog in China as well, and that's fifty-five percent of their total backlog. So you can kind of see how how that is a really big opportunity for them, and through some of their joint revenue sharing programs, because when you get an IMAX screen, you either buy it outright through a sale, you can do a sale uh, a lease essentially. And where IMAX will share in some of the ticket sales or concession sales, even, or and um, they've been able to basically work with some of the the tighter uh, restrictions there through through uh, through their business. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, very cool. I uh, I love what IMAX has done, but if I had to pick, I'd probably do Cinemark because they just keep it simple. They just make their money showing the showing movies and yeah it is what it is yeah car and something else that's kind of i thought was interesting it's a very small piece of carmike's business but uh one of the i went to one of their theaters once and i realized that for certain locations they have found it to be uh you know the best business is to air or is to play movies that are kind of a few months behind and so it's it's an inter- they have like I think ten fifteen theaters that, yeah. that do it that way. It's just kind of interesting how these theaters seeing how maybe some of their locations are struggling. They're trying to find new ways to 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 boost the the growth. Yeah, I can think of several theaters like that near me that you know five six bucks you can go see a movie a couple of months after it comes out and everybody wins because they obviously have to pay the studio less. And exactly, too. and they so. have and they still get 
their bread and butter through the concessions. You know, most of these theaters are about two thirds of the revenue comes from uh, actual admissions, and then a third comes from concessions. But their profit the margin, profit their gross margin on concessions totally. is like eighty-five percent on average, Lord. whereas for their actual ticket sales, is maybe forty-five, fifty percent. Right. So, very significant for them. Very good. Well, thank you for your time, Vince. Let's go to the movies. Yes. <laughs> what do you like to see? Um, actually, I don't know what's out right now. Uh, actually, I was planning on seeing the Avengers, but I don't know. Yeah, but that's not out for some time. Yeah. What's out right now? I don't know. We'll we're think we're too busy looking for foolish stocks. Sorry. Exactly. Uh, well, that is it for us, fools. Before we go, I want to make our listeners aware of a special offer available to all industry-focused listeners for a subscription to the Motley Fool's top-performing stock advisor newsletter. Head over to focus.fool.com to learn more about this offer. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that we talk about. And the Motley Fool may have formed recommendations for or against these stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. That's it for us, fools. Thanks for listening, and fool on. Fool on.